You're listening to the Integrated Music Teaching Podcast from Top Music. Tune in weekly as we interview music teachers and experts from around the world to explore creative activities and ideas that build learning connections in students. Our integrated music teaching approach will deepen your students' understanding of musical concepts, engage them in critical thinking, improve their reading and performance, foster their curiosity, and prepare them for a lifetime of music making. Hey teachers, have you ever wondered whether spending time on Instagram trying to find new students is actually time well spent? In today's episode, we're going to be talking all about the power of Instagram and also Facebook in attracting new students to your studio, but even more so, our guest today is going to be talking about some of the side benefits that she's witnessed that has had a really outsized impact on her studio just from sharing stories and news on her Instagram and Facebook profiles. So, if this is something that you've wondered about, then I'm delighted to be able to introduce to you Lauren Kelly really shortly. But before that, I did want to let you know that we are in the middle of our business month here at Top Music in September 2023. So, we're talking about the business side of running a studio in our episodes this week. And if you've got any questions on this that you'd like us to speak to or answer, then please do shoot us a message, support at topmusic.co. We are very, very passionate about building up both sides of your studio, and that is the pedagogy side, but also importantly, the business and marketing side of your studio. Now, that said, I wanted to also give you guys, our podcast listeners, a sneak peek about something that's coming up next month in October. We're actually, for the first part, running a four-part workshop series that will be held once a week over four weeks in October, all about exam and performance preparation. And I'm teaming up with a Melbourne-based examiner here, an amazing teacher called Hilary Travers. And it's going to be a four-part workshop series where we'll be meeting Thursday, 6 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time during the first four weeks of October for about one hour. And everybody can join us live, ask questions, and we'll be covering a whole heap of different topics over those four weeks, including things like the goals and objectives of, of exams, understanding grading descriptors and syllabus objectives. I think sometimes it's really easy to jump into exams and things without really reading in detail the objectives and the descriptors that we're given by the exam boards. Uh, Preparing the practicalities for the exam experience, tips and recommendations for improving exam outcomes, preparing for the unexpected, which is super important that we prepare our students for that, common errors and how to fix them, managing anxiety and ideas for warming up on the day, things like what to do if the examiner asks for something that's unprepared and heaps more. Now, none of this is going to be exam board specific. It'll be as relevant to any exam system, any performance really, or audition or recital. Uh, That's what we want. We want to make this really, really practical and really useful to you in multiple situations. So, if you'd like to come and sign up for that workshop series, as I say, it's one hour over four weeks. Uh, on Thursday evenings, Melbourne time. And you can check the time zones as as well and sign up over at topmusic.co slash workshop. It'd be fantastic to see you there. We can't wait to run that. My guest today is the amazing Lauren Kelly of Piano Lessons Vancouver, one of British Columbia's most in-demand piano teachers. Her students, both locally and internationally online, consistently win festivals and competitions and rank amongst the top 1% internationally on their RCM exams. Lauren has struck that perfect chord of serious and fun, which has her students returning at a 100% retention rate year after year. You'll find Lauren's students both giggling with glee and being invited to perform in Carnegie Hall. 
Not only an exemplar to her students, Lauren is also the founder of the Teach Me to Teach Society, where she brings the experience of her Master of Music and Bachelor of Music in Piano Performance and 31 years teaching to mentor teachers from around the world who are looking to turn their piano education livelihoods into dream careers. Welcome to the show, Lauren Kelly. Lauren, it's so great to catch up with you. Tim, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be chatting with the one and only. And of course, I've been, <laughs> I've been following you uh, for years. And I've got to take a moment here and throw in a wholehearted congrats for being the keynote at the Music Teachers National Association Conference. I just found that out by accident yesterday when I was looking it up. And I'll say I uh, feel like I'm sitting amongst piano royalty. Oh, here, so. <laughs> that's very kind. Thank you. Uh, I feel the same. I've wanted to um, interview you for quite a while, actually. We almost did it a couple of years ago. It didn't end up happening for whatever reason. Um, I've followed your progress and your growth on Instagram in particular, but also Facebook for the last few years, and it's been nothing short of extraordinary. So I'm glad we can jump on a call to talk to teachers about how they can get most value from Instagram and Facebook in particular, but their social media more generally. Um, so before we get started, why don't you tell everyone just a little bit about your location and your studio uh, sorts of things? Yeah, for sure. So Piano Lessons Vancouver is my in-person studio is in Vancouver, Canada. Makes sense there <laughs> on the, the West Coast, best coast of Canada. And it uh, sits around about 35 students, give or take, and all ages and levels from brand newbies right up to the super advanced, but I uh, have a focus on ages about three to 20. And I have a lot of international online students as well, zooming in from all sorts of places, Hong Kong, Australia, Melbourne, to be specific, Singapore, yeah, around Europe, and then all around the States and Canada as well. So how many students all up, um, Lauren? You know, I would say... The, the, the question I always find a little bit misleading, but I will say about 35, but my students generally have quite long lessons. So you might talk to another teacher who says he or she has 50 students, but they might all be 30 minutes. So uh, I have about 35 humans I interact with, but uh, the hours are a bit longer too. How, so. how long is your average lesson? The average lesson, I'd say the average lesson is an hour. The I really I like to stay away from the the thirty minute lesson. I find it just mm, makes me feel short. the same way. Absolutely, oh, think, yeah. I encourage everyone kids, to at least go to forty fives. Totally, and then only if you get just a really little one that is all set to take lessons but can't sit still. I'll do a thirty, and then and then lots of forty five an hour if they're working on any exam repertoire or like if they're or preparing for any sort of festivals I, I feel like we need an hour uh and then the lessons will and then I, I also do 75 minute lessons and 90 minutes but I'll tell you a little a little uh, trick that I learned is this last <laughs> this last year I actually decided uh for the sake of the students through my own sake actually is to take five minutes between each lesson just to take a deep breath perhaps visit the facilities if need be and then I'm not running behind. And then um, and then so my lessons actually are 25 minutes, 40 minutes, 55 minutes. It's Oh, and, and, it's and the parents and the students know that that's the time. That's and then you have right. Five minutes. Yeah. It's it's really important to I, I think back to back. I've in the past have done three hours back to back, and it's just relentless and exhausting when you're giving it your all. 
I was also a classroom teacher and I have always said that teaching one-on-one takes far more out of you. I think if you can manage a class, one-on-one is so much harder, much more brain power and you're on all the time. So having that five-minute break I think is really valuable. Just even, and sometimes, you know, I'll have a student and uh, the, the, you know, they are sitting back to back and the next one might be ready to, to pop back in or, you know, one leaves and the next one comes in and I'll even say, you know what, I just need, I'll just take a moment and I'll be with you in a minute. And then I'll come in and I'll close the door and I'll just close my eyes and take a deep breath. And it makes all the difference. It just extends my, cause I was doing like, like you, like multiple hours, just back to back. And I, it just made me a better teacher. So mm. Great little tip, an easy one, pretty easy one to implement as well, as long as parents are aware so you don't get those people saying, well, you finished five minutes early. That's right. And so what I do is I have a policy that outlines all of this information that I give to the students at the beginning of the year with the price included. And so it's the the price for a 25-minute lesson, the price for a 45-minute, or pardon me, 40-minute lesson. So they see it right away. And when I made that change last year, I didn't make a formal announcement. I just included it in the registration form, uh, which I call uh, our, our registration information. And uh, when they received it, n- nobody questioned. And in fact, in fact, several of them applauded. Just, I think, you know, they all want to have a, they, they, it benefits them to have a teacher that is a little bit rested. I agree. So they don't, yeah. So So before we jump into the uh, social media stuff, how would you describe quickly your teaching style? Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, so in a nutshell, I, I always kind of like to say I've struck that perfect chord of serious and fun. Uh, my students are motivated and they work hard. And I think, but it's, I think it's because of that actually that they're having fun. I love to laugh as you probably can tell from my posts. I love to be silly, a goofy and, um, you know, but, but again, while there is fun, I do offer, I am fun while I'm teaching in the learning stages, but the real fun comes when students are able to play and so I always give the example you probably Tim have had this experience when parents will approach you for lessons and say you know we just we just want it to be fun and we all as teachers know that translates into we're not really gonna we're not really gonna practice and and so I always give the example to those parents like say I I agree with you like I want it to be fun too now imagine you're playing tennis and you're you're hitting up your you're not hitting any balls, actually. You're just running around the court the whole time chasing after all. For me, anyway, I can tell you that's not very fun. So in order to have fun, you you got to be able to play the piano, and that takes the practice. So I will say also that I believe that every student is so different in personality, aptitude, in their abilities. So I make sure that our lessons are personalized, and I move at the student's pace. But I do encourage them to get out of those like those beginner baby books quickly uh, for lack of a better word, so that we can dive into that really great, great repertoire that everyone's waiting for. And so I do lots of duets and even some six hand stuff at one piano that can get to be really fun. And I, yeah, I I encourage uh, community and fun that way. And I also make sure the students receive the full, what I like to kind of call like, comprehensive experience so includes becoming fierce independent note readers from day one which is super super important I think 
and we learn about history and theory and we focus on hand position technique relaxation at the piano and of course lots of games to keep the kids on their toes and have fun while they're learning absolutely sounds quite comprehensive uh and a bit of everything i see and i think that's a great way to do it an eclectic teaching style that you've pulled uh, information, resources, and ideas from lots of different places, which I think is one of the best ways to do it. So you do have a huge following on Instagram. I've envied it for many years. You're up to about 33,000 on Instagram. I had this massive drive. I thought, right, I'm going to get to 10K because I wanted that was my goal. And I'm still at about four or five. uh, (laughs) And you're just scooting ahead. You've got another 75,000 on Facebook. So if you could narrow it down to one thing, I know this is hard. What do you think is the biggest cause of that growth? You know, I would say, first of all, Tim, I want to tell you, Instagram is tough. So I will, (laughs) for those, for those of you listening who are trying to grow on Instagram, like you, you will have heard that my, Tim, just say that my following is double on Facebook. For some reason, I don't know what it is. I do find it easier to grow on Facebook, but, uh, and a, a lot of people are saying that they are finding it tough these days to grow on Instagram. So the one thing, gosh. Well, I've got a few tips. So so maybe if I can narrow it down to three and I'm not sure. But what I really, really believe in is posting content. This is going to sound kind of boring and generic, but honestly, just put content that I think people will like. And I maybe that sounds obvious, but I do follow a lot of other teachers and I sometimes see content that might be a little maybe for lack of a better word just like bland or whatever I just try to post things that I think I would be like I would stop and look at and be like hey that's and I will say a lot of it I do like to post things that are funny and 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 uh another another thing I always is very important is I I I stay very neutral when it comes to anything political religious any hot topics I don't I myself don't go there I want to um, just be very neutral and very, and very positive. And, um, I mean, I've got a whole list of tips and tricks to grow, but the one main thing I would, the one, which I can get into, but the one main thing I would think is just really posting, posting material that I think is engaging. Yeah. How long has it taken you to build those kinds of numbers? Uh, because I think often we'll start on Instagram or there might be teachers listening who are like, oh, I really want to get to a certain number. And they've only been doing it for a few months. How long does this actually take you? Let's get realistic. Well, I'll tell you what, it, it's taken me a while, but I'm hearing through the grapevine that it doesn't have to. So I want to say that to encourage teachers that are out there that the best time to start is yesterday so to get going and you could literally like you could post 10 or 20 or 30 things right immediately just to make it look like you've got some content and you're established that way so just to give people a bit of because I get it like with my used to see my YouTube channel I started it a few weeks ago I think I have 13 followers or subscribers <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> but like you know what, there's no time, there's no better time than the present to start. So I, you know, so I encourage people for me, uh, with, uh, and I, and, and again, I don't want these to take me a while to be discouraging because I'm hearing that there are, you know, people are growing pretty fast for piano lessons, Vancouver on Facebook. I've had the page for about 12 years, but I really only started engaging regularly about five years ago. Uh, every, and then, and then everyone was telling me to jump on the Instagram bandwagon and I was like, what's that? So it was about five years ago again. 
and then I started the Instagram for the Piano Lessons Vancouver. So it's good to know as well for people who might have a dormant page somewhere that you can reignite those and get them started again. You don't have to start from scratch. And I think it's important too that you grow on the social media platform that you probably watch the most or use the most or understand the best rather than trying to do something that you don't really understand. Would you agree with that? 150,000%. Absolutely. And I've heard that from some experts. Pick one or two platforms, or some people say even pick one platform. I've picked two because what I find is if I post on Instagram, it will automatically post on Facebook. So in, in one in, in one respect, I'm really only doing Instagram and then it just translates to Facebook. So when you spread yourself a bit, and I think there are different tricks to different platforms. Mm, definitely. Uh, that you learn. And I tried TikTok for a little while. I found that for me, wanting to engage the, the t- piano teachers just kind of didn't seem to be there. Maybe I think it takes a while to understand that. That's a whole other thing. Snapchat's a whole other thing. So I think it's a really good idea to get good at one or two. I totally agree with you. And then, and then like anything, like people that try and play the piano and the violin and the bassoon and the drums and ballet and the, you know what, Pick, pick one and get good at it. <laughs> and get good at it, yeah. I have to tell my son that. He always tries <laughs> too many instruments. He's, he's a jack of all trades on, and his name's Jack, funnily enough, on a whole lot of different <laughs> instruments. Well, you know what? Good for him too. I mean, there's there's lots to be said for that. But uh, in terms of social media, pick one and go with it, yeah. So what's the main goal, would you say, of your social media? Is it to find new students or actually what are the are there other benefits? Well, hey, you know what? It's a nice little, it's a nice little sort of, spinoff that I do get a lot of students, but it wasn't my goal. And I'm not even sure that it still is my goal. I do receive a whole lot of inquiries, both on the Piano Lessons Vancouver Instagram and Facebook, but I originally started it as a place to post announcements and celebrate the big and small day-to-day joys of my students, like their wins and and wins, not even necessarily, I mean, in competitions, but like, you know, like, yay, I finished a book or whatever to uh yeah to just grow that feeling of community within my studio because it is one-on-one lessons and and that's a big thing and what I found is not only do the students enjoy seeing themselves shouted out but they love to see others and not only does it inspire them but what I started to find Tim is that I didn't expect but it's ignited a little bit of healthy competition competitive spirit in them so so they see you know what when they'll see another student doing something and they think oh oh I could do that I I I want to do that I want to do that better and so they don't say it to me but I'm fully aware that that vibe's happening and gradually because of this I've noticed that the overall quality or say caliber or standard of my studio has increased has increased really so there you go I would say so yeah I would say and I would also say it works well with the parents because when you're able to share the achievements of your students and the parents see this their competitive side kicks <laughs> and some teachers and I, I've even experienced this in the past you know our parents say well you know I don't want my kids participating in competitions or exams or whatever but when they when they start seeing that the other students are doing it, then they start to think, oh, yeah, okay, maybe this really is a thing. Maybe we should be doing this. And then as a result, now, I would say most who are who are ready 
take part in performances, competitions, exams, and 100% of my students performed in our gala end of the year recitals. So I could go on and on about how it's benefited the teaching, but it also, in the finally, I would say it also inspires and helps other teachers. I get tons of feedback from teachers around the world who encouraged me to launch my Teach Me to Teach Society, and all of this is just the result of the social media plus Yes, I get a constant flow of inquiries, which has produced a nice, healthy wait list, which is, and no, you know, every teacher likes to have. So I hadn't thought of that idea that the competition kind of thing where students are seeing other, other students playing. I imagine that most teachers listening would recognize that as a component of any recital because the younger kids will see the older kids or the less, more experienced kids playing something and they're like, oh, I wish I could play that. And you're saying that that can happen at recitals for sure, but you're actually finding that's happening every week through exploring and sharing on social media. Yeah. Like, so all of the benefits that that you and I and all the teachers have pleaded with the parents to say, you know, bring your child to the recital and these parents that don't even want to have their students perform in the recitals. And so we've all the benefits that we tell them about, oh, you know, they're going to learn from others and blah, blah, blah. All of those benefits is exactly what you've touched on is now not once a year or twice a year, but all the time they they're seeing and then they'll and they like to see each they like to see themselves they like to see each other and and um I never expected it was never the intention but I just never I never expected that I really believe it is a direct it has directly resulted in the caliber of my overall studio increasing yeah that's extraordinary I wouldn't have thought of that yeah so you've really got you've really got three kind of main uh, outcomes of the social media work you do. One is, yes, you can find new students. Two, it's the building of your own studio and the community and improvement in skills. And then you said, yes, you also connect with other teachers. So let's just go to the first one for a moment. Would you say one of those platforms is more powerful for you getting new students than another? I would say I, I get a little bit more from Facebook, but I think it might be because my following is double. So it's it's tricky to... Mm, okay. I, it's relation. Um, it's got a relational. It might uh, be. relationship to the percent to the number of subscribers or followers. But I also think I'm not sure, Tim, because I think also on Instagram tends to be a little bit of a younger community. So I will get a little bit more. I get a lot of inquiries, but I feel like some of them aren't as serious. Perhaps I get more inquiries, but less lead to. Mm, I don't know. Yep. Yeah, the, the crowd say. perhaps is more Facebook, yes, a bit older, but perhaps Instagram's a bit more entertainment-ish, perhaps. So people are going there. They don't want to think or, yeah, be challenged too much. They just want to enjoy and take some time out where perhaps that's not so much on Facebook. I don't know. I'm kind of making it up, but that's No, I think you're right because I will get, I'll get uh, messages on Instagram that are a little bit more kind of like, how much? Or I, <laughs> I, or, <laughs> you know, that inquiry often doesn't lead to sort of the student you're looking for, or um, you know, or just people that are they're yeah, fully full out relaxing, and they just oh here's they'll just sort of send random messages where I feel like the messages are a little bit more on intentional on Facebook. I don't know. So I I yeah. But but I do but but I do I've got lots of great students from Instagram. I'm not knocking Instagram. I've got lots of fabulous students from Instagram. So mm, for sure. Um, what could you say approximately? What percentage of your students 
lead, the new leads for students comes from social media versus word of mouth and, and that sort of thing and maybe how it's changed over time? Let's see. So I'm going to go with probably 60%, which is, which is great, I would say. Believe it or not, um, but I'll tell you that I'm I'm super old school. The <laughs> the '80s style word word of mouth continues to be my favorite funnel for student for finding students, and then of course that goes hand in hand with their this my current students, their younger siblings who grow into being ready for less or you know get those would be. I really like those students. Uh, I would say that the inquiries by word of mouth convert a little bit to a greater percentage of students that I would consider accepting than some of the sort of spammy messages you get on, on social media, but not altogether. But don't get me wrong, tons of tons and tons of amazing students have come from social media. And over time, how has it changed? Perhaps, I don't know if it's changed, but perhaps my style of reply has changed so that I, I've i learned to recognize the, the serious inquiries versus the, hey, are you single? Tire-kicking tire inquiries, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that a phrase you guys use in America or is that an Aussie thing? No, don't know it. Let's hear oh, it. Oh, tire kickers. Let's like, uh, you know, if you're going to go and buy a used car, you'll just be walking around the car, you'll kick the tires, see if there's any pressure in them. You're not really ready to buy versus someone who's really interested. We call them tire, you know, tire kickers, people that are just kind of going to waste your time. So a little bit, there's a little bit more of that on, on Instagram, but I've really learned to, you can tell, and just even by the tone of an email that you get, you can tell which are the students that are seriously interested and I would say the 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 way that it's changed is if you're if you're asking would be that it's increasing as my following increases. Hi everyone, I wanted to take a moment to let you know about an amazing community of music teachers ready to welcome you over at Top Music Pro. Top Music Pro is the global hub for music teachers looking to connect, learn, grow and be challenged in both their teaching and studio businesses. Community members save time by accessing hundreds of step-by-step -step lesson plans, creative teaching frameworks, business guides, online courses and workshops. We offer training in topics as diverse as music technique, lead sheets, website building, intermediate repertoire, group teaching and special needs teaching. We also save you money through our extensive discounts including those with Music Notes, Sheet Music Plus, Music Room, Office Depot, Tonebase and many more. And if you like sheet music, all our members get a free book of studio licensed, beautifully engraved sheet music each and every month. As a valued podcast listener, you can check out the Top Music Pro community free for 14 days by heading to topmusicpro.com, clicking join now on our studio tier and using the special coupon code IMTPOD23. That's all one word. So that's IMTPOD23. We can't wait to welcome you inside. And I think this will be comfort for the teachers. We've got a number of teachers out there who I know are working hard on social media. I'm thinking of Donna Hinckley. Donna's probably listening. She's one of our certification cohort members at the moment. And she is spending our power hours, um, we have a membership power hour each week um, to do her social media because she doesn't really like to do it and it's just an accountability and she knows she gets it done. And I was asking her the other day, you know, how much of an impact is it having? And it's, it is quite hard to tell sometimes the direct return on the investment of time that you put in. So hopefully, Donna, you're listening to this and others out there, if you are working on building your social media, 
Lauren is proof that, yes, this can be successful. Up to 60% of your new leads. I think it's fantastic. Do you know what? I might... Can I say, you know what? I might even be shooting low on that. I, it might be higher than 60. I don't know why I'm like wanting to feel protective of other means, but you know what? I'm going to shoot it up to 80. I, wow. I really do think That's I huge. would say it's pretty intense. Like I would say, yeah, I would say. And I do have a little, a real old school, just like a uh, spreadsheet of where I do get students, how they find like word of mouth, blah, blah, blah. And I would say, yeah, though the Instagram is pretty high. And has has Donna given you feedback yet has uh, she had found that it she wonderful. yeah well she said so i challenged her to that and she came back the next week and said yeah she does believe that it is having an impact and she's got this this and this and i'll be interested to know whether she's finding that idea of building up your students skills and increasing the level of competence etc by the challenge that's happening in there so i think i'll be interested to follow that up i think it's great a couple tips. Can I share a couple tips that I have just that I, because I'm working with some teachers too. And a lot of them are, there is that, like you said, fear of, oh, I haven't started yet. That's how I felt when I was like late to the game five years ago with Instagram. I was one, you know, I felt like I was one of the last to join. And, um, but you can really, you can really like, first of all, a lot of people I see that start, they post maybe once a week or something and they, 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 they put a post up and then the feedback I hear is, well, I'm not getting any engagement. And I, I, I liken that to say, going to the, I went to the gym two weeks ago and did some pushups. I'm not seeing the muscles. And I'm like, well, I gotta, gotta do, you gotta do lots. And I heard someone else say, even if, even if the engagement isn't there, keep posting the stuff that you like. And I have a bit of a formula that I can get in that I can get into in a bit that, uh, and eventually the engagement will grow, but what it, when it does grow and you do get some people, it's when they come, it's nice to see that you've already got some established posts. And so you could get a bunch of content out there, even if no one's seeing it. And then when the, when the numbers do start coming in, you've got, you've got, stuff that oh oh this is a thing it's it's uh yeah it's the feed isn't blank it's it's that's right it's yeah yeah well i wanted to move on to um strategy and, and taking action so um i get actually that's one thing right there how do you go from getting people to just look at your posts and scroll past to getting them to actually take action and engage do you sort of do you ask questions do you say comment here do you say click the like what do you do i should probably do more of that i have to say so note to self right now that I need to do more of that. But what I, what here, I'll tell you, here's my, in terms of engagement, what I'll tell you first is my, like, just kind of my strategy for how I post. And this is, this is the, uh, my own formula. So who knows? Um, that's it. I should probably get better at this. I understand. First of all, I understand that there are prime times to post for specific audiences, countries, time zones, depending on who you're trying to reach. So I've done the research and the, the people I'm trying to reach are the mums, uh, you know, mums or stay-at-home dads or whatever that are probably just had the kids, set the kids off to school around 9 a.m. In, in, in my time zone, if I'm looking for mostly local students, but I, you know, all of the, all of those kind of analytics are Googleable too. So sometimes, uh, once in a while, uh, sometimes I do schedule posts to hit the early more those early morning moms and dads with their coffee because I will say I am probably still sleeping. I'm a little embarrassed to say, but anyway, that's probably the best. You, are, time you to did post. say you were a night owl before we started, so there we go. <laughs> well, now you got now you've got it on record. So 
there's that. And then here's, here's the formula that I post. And it's, the idea is I imagine someone coming to my page and looking at like on Instagram, you can kind of see all the posts. So I like to have a bit of a colorful, just look. So my first, first I'll post, for example, a performance of one of my students. Then I'll post maybe some sort of inspirational quote. And I'm telling you that this is not my own material. You can just copy and whatever from other people. If you think it's their material, credit it. Uh, then I'll post maybe some sort of meme, mem, meme, how do you say that? Meme, or yeah. joke. Yeah, something kind of silly, ridiculous. Uh, lots of dad jokes there. Those those get lots of lots of uh likes and engagement and then some and then maybe i'll go to like a photo whether it's like somebody's birthday or some sort of achievement like oh we finished a book or star of the week and then a a really good thing and i hate to say i don't hate to but it's too bad but but uh, something super uh interesting is that i there's a lot of accounts that i follow that are music Uh, on Instagram music accounts that post just really wacky, cool stuff, not necessarily piano, but just like there was this composer that created a a water concerto on this for percussionist. And this, this girl is like slapping bowls of water on stage with orchestra. And I just thought, well, people would, I would, it stopped me in my tracks. So I reposted it, credited the composer and I got like a million views or something. There was another one where, you know, there was a, it's nothing to do with me, uh, but there was a keyboard with, you know, the one you can like kind of dance on the piano, like from the movie Big and the, and it was like, yeah, yeah, to Despacito. And there was people, I got 11 million views and it was just a repost. So Tim, I'm going to tell you that, but sadly, but maybe not, it's those posts that get the highest engagement, not my own students. But hey, if you're looking for traffic to your page, Go for it. Yeah. It's actually, I think that's kind of refreshing to hear because reposting something takes a lot less effort really than creating something and thinking about it from scratch. So it sounds like you're posting probably two to one other quotes and reposts and things to your own studio posts. And I reckon that's quite doable for teachers. Oh, yeah. Repost and honestly, just even copy their hashtags. And I look through these people and I can. The other thing is you can. And if people want to copy my posts, like go for it. And and I'm not even talking my own students like you can look and see it like the water concerto or whatever. You can look at other people's uh, engagement and you can see what of their videos has the highest views repost repost those so if you see someone else's video got 100 million views or something chance you know repost it sometimes the other thing i like to do is if you put words on the screen that's really eye-catching so with the say with the water concerto maybe i'll put a little bubble that says like epic or iconic or something and then that just causes people to to, to stop you want to also post things that aren't too long because of course we all have well the attention span of about two seconds these days so don't post like some half an hour orchestra no one's going to stick around <laughs> for that but um yeah reposting is is where it's at it doesn't take a lot of work and like i said you can even just copy their hashtags and and give credit where it works yeah obviously giving credit i think it's important to mention that and for reposting do you use because i don't think 
you can share it like in Facebook. From memory, you have you use a repost app. Is that right? Or have they integrated that now? So if, if you're flicking through and you see something that's cool, what do you do? On Facebook? No, 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 on Insta. Okay, here's here's my weird formula. I'm probably going to sound like a weirdo, but this is what I like to do. So there's a there's an app called Repost. There's a whole mm. bunch of them. Mm, but, that's the one um, I've used, yeah. And so what I do is I click on it and I I copy the URL to repost. And then I go, I think I pay a small amount so to remove their watermark. And then I re, I what I do is I go to repost it. And what it does actually is before it reposts, it saves it to my ca- my phone camera. So I then instead of going following through with their the repost app, because somehow the, the sizing is a bit funny. So then what I do is right before I post it and I I see that the 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 video or whatever it is I mean if if it's a picture you can just screenshot it but if it's a video I go through the repost I save it to my camera and then I can post it like an original video and add like little gifs or gi- oh, okay, gifs Oh okay, that's how it, you can add the It's a gif? Yeah, gif. Okay, you just thanks you just I lost the bet. So yeah, it's GIF. I thought it was GIF. All right. Thanks for that. That's all right. So yeah, but that yeah, means that you can then add the overlays and whatever else. Yes. Great. And then, so the important thing though, is to then you would very clearly state where it's come from. Do you say Always. repost from or something? Always. Yes. So in, uh, in my comments, I would repost and it's neat. Cause when it's on, usually if it like, you can actually at and then give the pro- the profile of the person and it's neat because often they'll see it and here's this is something cool if often they will see it and they will then repost your repost and say ah. thanks for the repost and so then you get a little shout out from them too so always yes is when you can and i always repost that way and and i'll even maybe throw them at, like their name in a hashtag too so mm, okay and quick question about stories on Instagram. I know this is another whole whole thing. I think we've been mainly talking about your main feed. Uh, do you use stories as well? Because stories only engage your current followers. So if you've got a small follower count, I'm guessing stories are less powerful than building your feed because the feed is where people will find you, whereas stories only go to the people that already subscribe to you, right? So here's the deal. I love stories. I have so much fun creating them, but I have a really low engagement with them. All right. Okay. <laughs> so for those where it's it's bizarre. And I have I have a ton of fun. Like, and that's where you honestly, it's like maybe it's just because I'm posting my cats all the time. But um, but uh in relation to my followers, I would say the engagement in the stories is pretty low. Now that could just be me. Uh, maybe other people have really high engagement on their stories. So for those who are posting stories, have low, fo- like, you know, are growing your accounts, just go for it. I And I heard someone today say, actually, I was listening to a podcast. Someone said, just don't even worry about if people are engaging, just post it anyway, because you never know who, who who's going to, well, I guess the stories would disappear, but with the posts, people can go back. But yeah, I don't know what it is about the engagement, but I just go for, I, I'm posting stories all the time anyway. <laughs> it, although we're, the engagement is is much greater with my videos and stuff. So, Fantastic tips, Lauren. Thank you so much for sharing your secrets. It's great. So I think another thing that teachers listening will be thinking is, well, that's all great, but 
I'm running my studio, I'm flat out. How on earth do I have the time to do this? So can you talk about how you schedule it into your day and particularly if you use any software as well to help? Yeah, for sure. And so I'll say after 31 years, oh my gosh, am I that old? Okay, I started when I was 16, so I'm not 70, but <laughs> uh, yeah, almost. <laughs> but I have been teaching for 31 years. I counted. That is great, pretty crazy. So I've learned, uh, I've learned a lot. Uh, of how I teach by doing it the wrong way, the school of hard knocks over here. But in my 31 years of teaching, and I'm going to just keep saying that number because I'm proud of it, is because um, I think with age comes wisdom. So how to this is how I'm justifying how it's great to be turning 47 in two weeks. You can my my present is uh, I'll, I'll uh, give you my address after. So. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're, we're almost a, the same age. There you go. I've just oh, turned. Nice. I just turned 46. I figured you were younger, even if it was a little bit. Oh, I knew you. Thank you. <laughs> well, there you go. So, well, happy birthday! And um, so, in in the in all of these years that I've been teaching, I would say first of all, when it comes to the teaching, I've learned how to be more efficient, more in the lessons outside of lessons. So, efficient in the lessons, streamlining my teaching, preserving and conserving energy, talking less, playing more. Uh, reducing, uh, I've the, I've, this is a whole other topic, so I won't go too much into it, but finding I have a lot of ways on reducing the need for emailing parents outside of the lessons. So I've, I've eliminated a lot of the, I hate to say sort of, you know, parent drama. Hey, but mm. you know what? That's a big, that's mm. a, that's a big topic. So mm -hmm. Absolutely. I know. And, uh, you know, pay drama people, you know, ch chasing parents. I don't have any of the drama knock on wood around chasing payments, makeup lessons, all of that. So that when my lessons are done, I'm, I'm not exhausting myself in my off hours. Like I used to be emailing and stuff and 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 on top of that with all other tips preserving energy in the lesson so on my off time I have way more time to play with my cats and then of course post on social media which actually I find quite fun because literally like I can do it lying in bed or lying on the couch or whatever and all of this uh in my teach me to teach society I help teachers learn how to get rid of all that kind of stress. And side note, by the way, I asked Google how many cats you have to have to be a crazy cat lady. And it's three. I only have two, so I'm good. But oh, me too. Anyway. Oof. I've only got <laughs> two as well. You're not a crazy cat lady. All right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think that one, there's two There's two tips there to, to summarize is to one, which is a different topic, but learn how to streamline and, and reduce energy teaching and energy after teaching and mm. And That's a really then, good point. Yeah. And so that you do have the energy to do it. And secondly, hey, you know what? Like I said, who, the, who I mean, there's teachers I'm encouraging, start posting because guess what? Like anything else, you get better at it when you do it. So the more you post, you get faster at it. And honestly, I've got like a cat in one hand and my phone in the other. And I'm pretty good at copying the hashtags now. And so you just, and I just kind of, uh, I probably would have a bigger following if I followed some more rules, but I, I really just kind of do it when the spirit moves me and which is a, a couple times a day. And, uh, and, but yeah, that's a good point that you made about the reposting is there are things that you can do. And honestly too, like sometimes I'll post things that have like, if it's a student and I'll nice write up a nice little write up of the student. And other times I just have a funny meme that I'll just, and it needs no explanation. And actually it's funnier when you just say nothing. 
And all you do is just go post. It, it takes three seconds. So, And do, do you use any software or do you go natively in, in the app itself? Software for? Like scheduling oh, your social okay. media posts. Oh, scheduling. Yes. So there is the, well, it's, I guess it would be within the app, but it's it's an app. It's called Meta Business or something like that. Oh, yeah. It's, okay. So it's Facebook's inbuilt um, scheduling. Yes. Process, I use that. Yeah. It's it's an app outside of the actual Facebook or Instagram app, but it's it's still a meta app. I don't use external ones. And then as far as like graphics, and I use one called Live Collage, which I know no endorsement there. <laughs> I don't get, I pay them. They don't pay me, but I use them. And I also use, and I'm going to just say, I use Canva. Who, who doesn't love Canva? Maybe you do. I don't know. So, no, I love Canada yeah. too. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm keen to sort of wrap things up. You've been incredibly helpful. And I don't know if we've, if you've got any more tips, but now's your chance. Was there anything else that we've missed that you'd like to share uh, on this topic? I wrote a little list for finding more students from using social media. Post frequently, different times of the day. Post things that you like. Chances are if you like it, others will too. Be funny. That's probably the biggest one. If you don't know what's funny, just look other people that you think are funny you know and see what other people are posting and uh let's see find yeah find find posts of other creators that you think are getting a lot of hits recycle here's a big one recycle your own posts that do well every few months your own posts ah use i haven't thought of that yeah yeah nobody's gonna notice everyone's too busy use hashtags that will attract parents like hashtag piano lessons hashtag Pianos, piano lessons Vancouver, piano lessons Melbourne, piano lessons wherever you are, you know, uh, connect with other teachers. That's a big one because you may think not, but, you know, you uh, tons of students you can get from teachers because um, they may be, I won't go on to the reasons, just trust well, they me. Might, they lots. might say, oh, well, I, uh, you know, they might come to you like me in Melbourne and go, do you know any cool teachers in Vancouver? And I'm like, oh, piano lessons Vancouver. Lauren, you got there to speak you to her, go. that kind of thing. Absolutely. Or even in the city, someone's retiring, someone's full, someone can't, t- you never know. So it's so, there's, I just cannot tell you enough why it's great to connect with other teachers and find hashtags that are specific to your area. So like I use hashtag Vancouver kids, Vancouver children, Vancouver moms, Vancouver dads. I will plug, I have spent some money placing Facebook and Instagram ads. Read on Google how to do that so you don't break the bank, but target your geographical area using their settings. And you can use all sorts of keywords in the interest section that are specific to parents like kids, early childhood education, homeschool, music, diapers, preschool. (laughs) If they've got babies, they might have older kids too. Um, Anything that the algorithm might send your ideal parent or student. And finally... Uh, comment. This is a big one. Uh, I've done this. I've actually gotten students this way. I've found moms in or dads in my area through those hashtags, and I comment on the posts of them, like, "Oh, what cute kids you have," or, you know. And I've I've even had I've even gotten students that way. So because well, so, they see, oh, panelist in Vancouver has uh, commented, so they click to go to your profile, and they're like, "Huh." Little Johnny's been talking about music lessons. Yeah, I didn't, and I didn't know where to look for a teacher, but she just liked my picture of wow, my garden. That's a so. clever one. That's that's what a, that's a cool one. Was that your last one? That was a good one to finish on. 
you know what it was. And I've had several students from that. And that's literally like when it's three in the morning and I can't sleep and I'm watching 90 day fiance at the same time. And then, and then like commenting on, you know, and I've, I've had at least five students that way. Cause I, I commented on like someone's loaf of bread that they baked or something. That's great. What a fantastic idea. City. Yeah. I love it. Well, Lauren, that has been so cool to hang out with you. I'm glad we made it work finally and absolute nuggets of wisdom coming left, right and centre. So I'm really looking forward to hearing the feedback from teachers who are listening. Uh, where can people go to find out more about you? You better give us your handles and website and et cetera. Oh, thanks, Tim. Well, it's been a real pleasure and I look forward to seeing you in Atlanta when you're keynote speaker. Oh, at thank the you. NCAA. Yes, look yeah. forward to meeting you. Yeah, and, and that'll be really great. So thanks so much. So you can the website right now is uh, teachmetoteachsociety.ck, uh, as in like Canada K dot page. It's a bit long. Okay, I'll start again. Teachmetoteachsociety.ck dot page backslash top music. So people Ooh, will, got a special will be able page. to think of it. Yeah, got a Wait, special I, page. I, okay, well, and we'll put that in our show notes for this episode as well if people have Thank missed that. Thank you. And then just simple on Instagram and Facebook, it's just Piano Lessons Vancouver. Fantastic. Go and check out uh, Lauren's Instagram. Make sure you follow her because you will yeah, laugh along with me and everybody else who follows her. She's an absolute hoot. And, um, yeah, I'm just so pleased that you're able to share so many uh, nuggets of wisdom for us today. Thank you so much, Lauren, for being on the show. Pleasure. Thanks, Tim. Well, that's it for the show today. Have you rethought your approach to Instagram? If you are someone that's been plugging away at Instagram for a little while, have you got some new ideas? Have you got some new sort of incentive and reason for doing what you are doing? I know that social media posting and involvement can be really hard to motivate yourself to do sometimes, but I hope that Lauren's story has helped you think about the potential for your studio and the benefits that it could bring to you and your students. All right, over on the Guitar Podcast this week, we've got episode 66, which is with Michael Gumley. It's titled, How to Give Each Student What They Need to Succeed, and I'd encourage every teacher, regardless of your instrument, to go and check that out. You can find out more if you search your podcast app for the Top Music Guitar Podcast with Michael Gumley. Well, that's the end of the show for this week. I do hope you've enjoyed it, and I look forward to catching up with you this time and next week again. I'm Tim Topham, and you've been listening to the Integrated Music Teaching Podcast. I'll speak to you soon. How do you keep up to date with all the latest trends and research into music education? How do you connect with other teachers around the world and make sure your teaching stays fresh and relevant for students of all ages and stages both now and into the future? I created our Top Music Pro membership to be the one-stop shop for music teaching resources, training, support and community and I'd love for you to come and join us inside. With over 40 comprehensive training courses, hundreds of teaching demonstrations and lesson plans, free monthly sheet music, discounts and all the business and pedagogy support you could ever need, Top Music Pro is the community you've been looking for. If you're ready to level up your learning from the podcast and join thousands of other teachers in our global network, head over to topmusicpro.com today. If you enjoy this show and want to hear more of our work, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening today. For links and resources mentioned in this episode, visit us at topmusic.co slash podcast or check out the show notes. I'm Tim Topham and this is the Integrated Music Teaching Podcast, a production of Top Music. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy your week ahead and I'll catch you next time.